Welcome back to Gin Welcome Topic. Welcome back to Welcome Gin, back to gin Topic. Topic. If you've forgotten, I'm Sarah. And I'm Anya. And we drink gin. And we don't know anything. <laughs> but it's okay, because we've got a load more experts. We've got some really cool topics, and we're going to find out about them. Yeah, while drinking gin. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> This episode contains a little bit more than our usual swearing, a little bit more crudity. Some crudity. Not crudities. We're no. not having a little snack. No. Oh, be nice though, <laughs> I like wouldn't some it? Yeah. Go well with the gin. Yeah, that'd be good. I could be about that life. <laughs> but anyway. enjoy, because it makes it more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. Series two was a long one. Feels a really long time ago now. It was a really long series of episodes. We had, what, uh, 13, 14 episodes, something ridiculous. We chatted way too many 14 episodes, that's how many we had. 14 gins. Yeah. And 14 often much longer conversations. Well, they are always much longer conversations than... The actual new episode. Year. The new year. <laughs> and so there's loads that we have to cut out. Mm-hmm. Some of it's quite good. Mm. The best bits that didn't make it, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. So these are bits that didn't make it, but are pretty good. Yeah. So we kept them, put them together for you. The best of the rejected. <laughs> Bit like my dating life. <laughs> Rootle around in the bin. <laughs> Picked out Something things. It's like, oh, you'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, enjoy. What we got from the bin. <laughs> How do we feel about swears? Excellent. Bring them on. We have yeah. an explicit Mainly warning on the entire podcast. Yeah. Sure thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can I do a quick fuck shit bullets tip wank just yeah. to get it out there? Excellent. Absolutely. Good. <laughs> Oh, that was it. I thought there was going to be more. <laughs> no, no, that's what we do when we um, stub our toe. It's just the standard in the house now. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. We Why try do and come one up with when you can really, do a whole string? Really creative ones, nice. and some good ones have come out of that. Nice. Um, often well, like new ones. Well, yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, you start with you know putting two together that go together shit can't and you know yeah yeah, yeah. Um, dick piece and things and then eventually you sort of get bored of that and you stray off into wank badger or things that just feel wank nice badger. in the mouth um <gasps> I know that is good that is and so we have a bit of a thing going where if you can come up with something creative in the moment because in the moment is where the yeah, magic yeah. happens then you know you get you get kudos for that I, I'm talking about my children here as well as myself I yeah, yeah. I like that a lot we should start doing that yeah yeah because I, d- I did Hugh Grant's hairy ass crack the other day for that's Lauren. a good one that's Thank a really you. good one yeah, yeah I like ones enough. that are slightly ambiguous as well so um <laughs> you hairy dog's cock where you don't know if the dog or the cock's hairy is lovely oh that's good <laughs> or both Oh, this is my favourite beginning to a podcast ever. Well, I I will get onto this, but that comes of being a mathematician because you pay attention to details like that. Technically, if you say hairy dog's cock, it could mean the dog, it could mean the cock, and it could mean both. And that's actually from set theory and math. (laughs) So, yeah. 
molecular studies have been able to find all sorts of interesting things, less in sort of the atmospheres of planets because that's still very difficult to do. We can't, we don't have the resolution yet uh, really to be able to pull out things that are too complex. But uh, certainly in molecular clouds, so these are sort of the regions in the galaxy uh, where stars are born, where planetary systems are born, Um, they're polluted from the previous generations of stars that have gone through their life cycle and died. I find bizarre as well, but carry on. Yeah. Um, And it gets even more bizarre because sometimes it's not even just the fact that you've got stars living and dying and creating new elements that way. Sometimes you get some elements getting created because of high energetic collisions of things. Mm. Um, They believe that the way that the solar system got its current uh, elemental abundance was through a pulsar-pulsar merger. Mm. So you get these, these, these... no, neutron star, neutron star merger. Well, I mean, they're the same thing. <laughs> it's all right. Um, we don't know what either of those are. So they could be so the same thing. They're, they're, they're the remnants of massive stars. So right. stars that are hundreds of times, tens to hundreds of times more massive than the sun are dying and they leave these incredibly dense, very exotic materials behind and they're, they're their cause is that the remnants are left behind. And if those two merge, that, you know, they're because they're incredibly dense, there's all sorts of gravity shenanigans that's happening. There's all sorts of quantum shenanigans that are happening. They're really bizarre energetic objects to study. And when they collide, there's so much energy that they can create all of these sorts of super heavy elements. Um, and some of them we can only explain the abundance of those on Earth by having that process happen. So we believe that part of the birth of the solar system happened out of not just the death of other stars, but the death and then collision of the, like, undead bodies. I don't know. It's like zombie collisions um, afterwards. And then you get to that existential crisis of the fact that you're looking at things that are in a different time and, yeah and then I mean, things that's... dying and being reborn and it yeah 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 so that's why astronomers that want to study the early universe they stare out to the furthest points in space mm-hmm. to the furthest and faintest things because the light from that point has had to take you know the age of the universe or mm-hmm. some fraction of the age of the universe to get to us so we're actually in a way able to see processes that are happening in the early universe that likely happened, you know, for us, but you know, we weren't, we weren't there to see it. So, I need a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just I'm just have some gin. Have some it's gin. It's gone. It's okay. I can't. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Do you know it's one of those podcasts that I just think we shouldn't end until you're not going to have an existential crisis but i don't think yes. we can ever end without there being i'm not going to have one because i'm thinking you know it's, it's really such a cool big thing. and it is it's so big but it's so awesome and it's so much to learn about which is really awesome but also it is a little bit like bloody hell I've now got a brilliant image of massive binoculars looking into space. I need to stop drinking the gin. Jesus, Sarah. Oh, 
it's the best idea. It's a really, it's a really cool idea. I, yeah. Thank you. We think I so like too. And we get to try loads of different gins. Yeah, and they're and all free for me. So really I really like that. People. Yeah, they're free for you. They're not free for me. <laughs> but hey ho. Um, and yeah, and and what way better way to just talk about stuff than with the accompaniment of gin? So I think if everything goes okay with COVID, we can expect like a really interesting COP mm. in Glasgow because there will definitely be a lot of movements organising to be mm. there. Yeah. In general, I think it's been growing over time because right. more yeah. of the general public have become re- really concerned about climate change, um, mm-hmm. especially since like 2018 with Extinction Rebellion and Greta and yeah, yeah. the f- Fridays for future movement um but also i think um just looking at scotland and the uk in particular like they're really um established and powerful um traditions and movements of climate organizing and activism in the mm-hmm. uk um and like i know a few people who are involved with the cop 26 coalition which is this um yeah a coalition of of climate activist groups who are organizing around COP26 um Mm -hmm. and and yeah basically there's like a well-organized um non-governmental uh coalition who are coming to Mm -hmm. COP26 so assuming that large groups of people can gather at that time um yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I would watch out for it for sure was reading the other day totally unconnected well Mm -hmm. connected but I wasn't reading it because of this um about when people count if you said to someone count one to ten one what do you do if you had to do it without voicing it I'm a dyslexic fucker so well yeah but so what happens in your brain do you verbalize them do you see them do you I think I verbalize them but I think I also see the word yeah, so yeah. I never realised that everyone's really, really different. And some yeah. people see the numbers. Yeah. Some people see themselves counting fingers or, see, you know, see fingers. fingers. And things, right. whereas I verbalise. So anyway, total okay. digression. It Does it come with any kind of sequence then that you start to build that? I think so. I've never had it happen with the Zodiac, but then I've never sort of used the Zodiac particularly. <laughs> like it's a, it's a thing I know about, but you know, I'm not going yeah. up to people and going, what star sign are you? Um, I'm a Virgo. Ah, thank you for sharing. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> Sarah? I'm a Capricorn too. Oh, yes, Capricorn high five. <laughs> so as you can see, that's about the limit of yeah. my use. I don't know anything more. Is that the same kind of belief that you have that ability as a sinist? I want to say sinistist, but that sounds sinister. <laughs> so oh, it literally God. sounds sinister. Yeah. <laughs> Sinisthet. to the list of things that people can do, um, is like you know, seriously, do you have another three, four, ten? 20 hours 
Um, yeah, we got an amazing editor. He can cut it yeah. all down to a manageable <laughs> amount that can go out in a podcast. We'll just carry on for hours. We'll get through the entire bottle of prayer. Ben, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm we just really not- into gender equality and I don't want this to end. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> we might not be able to speak at the end of it. I just want to just be the best going. version of myself and make a change for women, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe if I just like list everything off and he can just like speed Perfect. my voice up three or four times. <laughs> um, <laughs> it won't help. We were saying earlier about, you know, my work within communication and simply the gender bias of listening to a lower pitch voice and mm. it having more um, uh, impact on you, more, more persuasion, more uh, influence. So if we speed you up, unfortunately, you'll go higher pitch and therefore nobody's going to no, listen to the list at all. <laughs> I'll just have to speak in my lowest register. <laughs> but going back to the how do we improve gender equality, I think that's the really important here is that at the moment we're talking about we've got to get women mm-hmm. up and equalised and then we're improving gender equality in the workplace. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not yeah. that we're improving just the lives of women. Uh, it's improving benefits. that work. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. It's a little jingle for you. Everyone benefits. It's nice. It's regardless of your, you know, cisgender, transgender, whether you're a man, a woman, it doesn't matter. Benefits. Yay. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and this is the other thing is like as we erode gender stereotypes, mm-hmm. we create a, a broader palette for self-expression for everyone, yeah. right? Oh, and, and and I think the, the gender stereotypes have gotten worse over my life. Oh my God, I, horrendous. I have such a passionate hate for gender stereotypes. Going back to the car thing, it's not because I'm a woman. It's because I don't like cars. I genuinely could not care I, less about my car because I don't like them. And it's like, also, oh. I have some male friends who have worn my dresses and they look incredible in them and like honestly look gorgeous and then they're there going oh well if I wear it out people are going to judge me and I'm like do you know how good your arms look and I just want them to have clothing options because they deserve them benefits everyone <laughs> yeah and, and I think this this is a thing it's like over the last sort of 40 years or so um the gender stereotypes have, have strengthened and they become more detailed girls mature quicker boys will be boys I heard my childhood my whole childhood was well girls just mature quicker and it's like well why are the boys in my class still able to spit at the back of my head because they're apparently less mature I don't think that's the thing no no and it is it is this thing about okay you know let's look at how everyone benefits like mm. let, let's actually give men a broader palette to paint their masculinity. And if they want to wear dresses and heels, doesn't make them less of a man. No. What does even less of a man mean? Let's face yes. it. So why do we care what what people wear or whether they wear makeup or don't wear makeup or how they speak or how they walk or the kinds of jobs they do. You know, we need more men in primary school education. Yes. Yes. I have such a passion about this. Yes. Why do we not have men in caring and nurturing roles? It isn't because men aren't capable of being caring and nurturing. It's because as a society, we devalue female coded behaviors and jobs Mm -hmm. and so because this is you know humans are status 
obsessed. I mean, we just are. Even those of us who say we're not, we really are. Yeah. Um, obviously not speaking from experience there. Um, so <laughs> the, the, the question there is like, okay, so what are we what changes do we make to remove that that status inequality around yeah. certain jobs you know what's coded female is low status that puts men off that means men aren't engaging in jobs that maybe they'd love maybe they'd really enjoy yeah. Yeah. you know so we're closing doors to men by focusing on these gender stereotypes thinking that we're policing women yeah, yeah. Yeah. And actually, this goes back to the really early age that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole, oh, you don't want the doll, that's a girly thing. You want the truck and you want yeah. that. And and all of that attitude that's straight from, from the beginning yeah. that's saying, you know, you as a born with a willy human um, have to be this kind of person and personality. Mm-hmm. which is absurd it's absolutely absurd although I will say on the dolls front my parents bought me a pram and a doll when I was a child and I threw the pat I threw the doll in the trash and put the cat in the pram <laughs> which, which successfully predicted my uh, future attitudes towards both children and cats it's perfect oh, I love it perfect people I've asked about their first period their that experience was not Don't. a positive one do not yeah and that and that <laughs> needs to, right and that needs to change like why you know yeah it just it's well that was also brutal because we were traveling oh it was oh, the really? sharing the hotel sharing a hotel oh. room with my younger brother and then oh, you no. being over the other side of the hotel so the I'm hotel. like oh my god having to create the toilet roll situation yeah. down to reception Sarah I've started my period. Sarah hadn't got anything. So the poor woman behind the desk had to help me. Oh. Then we went, found a boot, got supplies, <laughs> then got in the car to drive back from Ireland. I was in pain. I was miserable. Yeah. And father turns around and just goes, so is it your first one then? And I'm like, well, great to have this conversation, but can we not right now? Like- and that's the thing. It was it was horrendous. Not because we weren't talking about it, just because it was just the worst the time. Timing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, was, I mean, you're yeah. there so just going, body, pain. really? Really? Right. You're yeah. trapped in a car with your brother and your sister and you're trying to get home and it, it was, was just not horrible. Oh, it no. was horrible. So bad. <laughs> but, oh no. You know, it, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. <laughs> could have sure. been worse. For sure. I mm-hmm. I always, you know, like I said, almost every person I ask about this gives a negative experience. And then they're like, what was your experience like? And I'm just like, okay, I'm a bit again, like unique in that I started my period super late like Mm, I think I was like 16 or 17 and um I went to an all-girls school my whole life Mm -hmm. and so most of my friends and colleagues were you know 11 12 13 14 got their period and like you know to the point where like it was sort of like a cool thing like you're a woman now so like I would have friends that would write like tampon on their hand and I'm like, why do you have that written on your hand? It's like, just so I remember that I need to change my tampon. Like, that's, that's nice. That's nice that you're a woman now. That must be really nice. Great. Right? Good for you. Mm. And then, oh, don't, that just reminds me, my mother did that celebration of, oh, no. you're a woman. I've only just remembered no. that. 
Oh, I only just God. remembered it. And but it was, like, doesn't this highlight how important it is to have conversations about this? Because you wouldn't, <laughs> it's a buried memory, but now you're like, wow, that was significant in the journey. I do want to talk about one thing here. Go on, go on. Dominant uteruses. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so, uh-huh. this thing, I'm really right, sorry. seems uh-huh. to have the dominant uterus. I did in college as well. That then brings everyone on to the same cycle. Hmm. Mm-hmm. To the point that... Even during menopause, mm-hmm. when periods had stopped, she came home. My body went, hey, do you want one of those things again? Yeah. And I had one. And I'm yeah. like, Am I, what are you doing? Am you, I doing you, had, you had a period? Yeah, because, because of, she'd come home. I Okay, so I've actually <laughs> never heard of this. And now Ooh. I'm like, after having this conversation, love it. <laughs> I am going to look it up and yes. yeah, see what I can find out. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so see what you can find out, and we can do another another, another podcast episode. that is just dominant dominant wow. uteruses. So like everybody would sync with you, like yeah. So there were a couple of girls in college who synced to me, and then a couple of times in university, people would say, "Oh, it's really weird. I've come on suddenly out of nowhere," and I'd be like, <laughs> Oops. "I've just come on," and then it would <laughs> the conversation would start, and they'd be like, "Hold on a minute, this," and it was really weird. And then Sarah noticed it. And then came into my room one day and just pointed her finger at me and went, you and your dominant uterus. And I was like, I'm really sorry. It transpired that my cycle was the one that everyone had synced to. And so I got the dominant uterus nickname. And it's carried on. And I've never, I don't know if it even is a thing. I don't know if it's just some weird magical power that I have (laughs) in my uterus. Maybe it is. The uterus is a very powerful thing, though. It is. And I kind of like the idea that mine's, you know, going around going, well, you're all going to feel the same as me this week. (laughs) You shouldn't be allowed out in public. (laughs) You shouldn't. Well, it's only, it's not, it's prolonged exposure. exposure. Yeah, it's not something that I don't, I don't just rock up to a party and suddenly every woman there is like, Oh, well, <laughs> but it is if I'm around people for a, a long, long amount of time. time. Yeah, but there you go. We start a new thing now. Yeah, research dominant, dominant Yes, I am really going to look into that. Amazing. I can advise a book for you to read. It's called Please Why Zebras <laughs> Don't Get Ulcers. It's a great book. Brilliant what? title. Brilliant title. It's from 2004, so it's a bit out of date, but I give it to my students on stress. It's great. But the idea is, if you are a zebra and you're chased by a lion, you have a stress response, you can run very fast and escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you get eaten by the lion. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Some days you feel like you're yeah. being eaten by the lion. <laughs> either way, either way, it's over. Yeah. Exactly. Now, only human beings have the capacity to imagine what's going to happen tomorrow. I talked to someone else, another researcher, and I was saying about, you know, if you go to the supermarket and you always park your car in the same spot, you can exert your control by parking somewhere else. Why, though? Why? The parking space is perfectly good. Because you can. You choose to to park over there. Not because I tell you to. Because you've done it. So at the next conference, because there's always a circuit, and I booked it to the next time, and, and he said, I, I tried that car thing. I went, how did it go? And he went, I couldn't remember where I put my car. 
one one thing that was really amazing that I consider a huge and surprising advantage is that because I didn't I wasn't trained with the idea that women were meant to do any career like yeah. I definitely did not have the prejudice that loads of people have that yeah, women should in science yeah. and I just I hadn't heard that I hadn't heard yeah. about that at all so I, I went to this I looked in the yellow pages because <laughs> it was the olden days and um I found this career place and that I had to go on two buses to get there and it was in this very like rundown part of like near Manchester. Anyway, I went there and I did this test on a computer, like probably the first computer I'd ever mm. seen in my life. Um, where I remember I doing one of those. Questions, <laughs> yeah, about yourself. And I answered, you know, 50 questions. The only one I remember is, do you want to wear a uniform? And I remember saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I it think gave me I've some... still got mine. What, your results? So I think I still have mine with this this printout on green and white striped paper. With the holes down did, the side. With the holes down the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what did it tell you to do? Oh, mine told me I needed to go into sales. I should be a sales person. <laughs> um, and it told me whatever I did, I shouldn't go into any form of um, counselling or advisory. You're so, literally my go-to for any emotional support. So, yeah, no. so, all, so all the coaching that I've been doing, shouldn't have shouldn't done it, any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically, yeah, shouldn't have done the career that, I did. So what did yours say? No, so my first, it's funny, actually, my first result was forensic scientist. But I'd watched Inspector Morse and I really didn't fancy that because I thought like I might have to deal with severed heads, or you know, anything horrible from a crime scene. Like I'm really interested in TikTok. Yes. Again, like so there's much more kind of backwards and forwards between people, mm. and people commit videos and then and respond to them. And there's some really unhealthy stuff on there, which yeah. really worries me. And also, I mean, I don't know too much about TikTok apart from helping scientists to produce TikTok videos, which is great fun. <laughs> um, but one of the things I heard the other day was about um, posts not going on there because of them dealing with, um, because they were talking or they were connected with things that were going on at yeah. the time. And therefore, essentially, yeah. censorship yeah. happening also, within TikTok. Is that true? Yeah. And anyone who is larger who posts on there, sort of, you know, if you're yeah. wearing a bikini, that might get taken down. But if you're a skinny girl encouraging people to eat 2,000, like 200 calories a day, like ridiculous small amounts and like measuring your wrists and all this that's fine to stay on there and so then as a tiktok user which i'm not um, i am but you wouldn't necessarily know about that going on you get this idea of being shadow banned so yeah. you don't necessarily get told that you're being banned mm-hmm. but especially on something like tiktok where like i can only speak personally but i don't look at i only look at the for you page which is basically yeah. The kind of the main page that mm-hmm. yeah. kind of collates what the algorithm thinks you might be interested in. Mine knows that I like um, Taylor Swift dogs and videos of Harry Styles, which I think tells you <laughs> everything. 
But it will essentially, if they don't think that you're suitable, it will essentially mean yeah. that you don't get onto people's for you page. Yeah. So you don't get seen by that many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah. And so and it doesn't look as if your post has been deleted. It just looks as if yes. nobody likes it. Nobody's yeah. watched yeah. it. Yeah. So you can get people that have had a lot of engagement suddenly find that actually they're not getting any engagement. No one's seen it. No one's liking it. Um. So there is a lot of that as well, which again. You know, I think comes back to this idea that we can be seen by more people because you don't have to, you know, for example, if you think about, you know, TikTok, you don't have to be on TV. You don't have to get a a TV deal to kind of be seen by millions of people. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that is that the algorithm and the, the kind of the company can basically just take you off. Yeah. Really easily. Potter. It was like the first thing I read alone. And obviously for loads of kids of my age group, it was like the big series. And I remember reading it, sitting down at the table and being like, is Snape trying to steal the stone? And dad just being like, oh, she's actually reading that. Okay. And it was the first time that I was like, yeah, I'm reading and it's cool. <laughs> and it was in, it was easy and enjoyable because beforehand yeah. we would always work on the reading. And, oh, my God, the tears. And it was really, really hard. But also I often found that the books, I would struggle because I'd be sitting there going, yay, let's read these. And I'm like, these school books are so shit. (laughs) Um, And the storylines were really crap. Um, And finding those books that really got you into it. And I think, you know, there is that finding that, turning point the book that just makes you go yeah yeah and, and that, so when and you found that people don't like, find oh, that and some people mm. just never get that series and I'm like oh <laughs> and Chip and Kipper I just think you know they're terrible yeah and so many of those early readers are they are and they're still using them generation generation after generation you think but why if you want to turn kids off reading that's yeah. what you do completely and make reading it makes it hard work it makes yeah. it unenjoyable and it's just a job and homework and it's ugh. yeah and now I finish my homework and go I'm gonna read yes. <laughs> yeah I mean there's some authors such as Julia Donaldson you know who wrote The Gruffalo and, and Room on the Room so, and she has written some of those early readers but people don't often realize it so they don't know to seek it out or teachers don't know about it and you could see it so there are a few better ones but so many of them are so deadly dull you just I understand we need to learn about phonics. Yes, that's an important stage, but it does not excite people, does it? I used to scoff at all the ecologists because in my head it was just throwing punnet squares around and counting flowers and oh look at that nice oak tree oh we did that I completely <laughs> forgot that that was the thing I did that at GCSE we had to go out onto the school field and like throw a square and count how many daisies were in the square yeah yeah, yeah. and I did the exact same I thought well what's the fucking point of this I mean ironically I was like I'm gonna go write a story there's did way more you, point to that but hey did you also do the hula hoop and and the washing up liquid to count how many worms came up. No, which I think is just Sarah, really cruel. Sarah, we could not afford washing up liquid, okay? <laughs> Do you know how?
how many slashes in the budget there were. Do you know what kind of high school I went to? If you could give washing but up liquid. How cruel to all is that? We're well, just washing up liquid and see how many worms come out. So tomorrow morning, once I've done all of that, I will do something called centrifugation, where you spin oh, the bacteria around really, yes. really, really yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it collects all of my bacteria at the bottom. Yeah. So that I'll pour out all that media that I had. So it's basically putting the bacteria on um, the the little <sighs> thin cycle. I was thinking on. I was I thinking can't. one of those fairground rides. That's exactly what there I wanted to There we go. Say, I knew you were on the yeah, where, where people get stuck to the walls. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. When you're going yeah. round so fast, you're just like, oh, what? Yeah, they're fucking terrifying. Do you say before you set it going? Do you go roll up, roll up? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's hands and feet inside at all times. Yeah. <laughs> Have to be inside. <laughs> I will be now. <laughs> so they all get stuck to the sides. Yeah. Uh, and then I, 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 it's called resuspension, but actually it just means mixing well. <laughs> so what I will do is add some really sugary water. Right. So they've got some food. So they're all just swimming around in their nice sugary water, having a whale of a time. And then boom, before you know it, they're stuck on a load of flowers because you have your pot of plants, you dip it upside down and then you just mm-hmm. shake it around. So all the buds where the stamen and the ovaries yeah. are yeah. getting yeah. covered in this bacteria and the bacteria yeah. is just vibing. It doesn't know what's happening. It's like, yeah. oh, a plant. I'm yeah. just going to head on in there. Yeah. And the aim of the game is to get this bacteria on all of the plant's reproductive organs, flowers, Flowers are just plants' genitals. Isn't that a terrible, terrible thought? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you really think about it, it's all... So much prettier I many. Well, well, it depends. Penises not very, but, you know. Georgia O'Keefe was clearly onto something. <laughs> so the aim of the game is basically, because agrobacterium, like I said, can do this cool thing called horizontal gene transfer across kingdoms it's just gonna take the gene and the sequences that i want in the plant and stick it in those new seeds Mm -hmm. so then hopefully i'll grow up the plants dry them out collect all the seeds and then some of those seeds approximately one to three percent of those seeds will have (laughs) my sequence with a GFP tag in it, or a jellyfish protein yeah, yeah. that glows in the dark. Oh, oh, I know what it's reminded me of. Sorry, I just got really excited. It reminded me of Sherlock, that episode with the, the you know, the Hounds of Baskerville, when they're making yeah, yeah, the bunnies yeah. glow. Sorry, I finally got there. I was like, what am I thinking of? Okay, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she's growing. That's, that's what you're growing. <laughs> so then I'll take all these seeds from the plants that got chucked in with all the bacteria, and yeah. then I'll grow them up and then I'll stick them under a super powerful microscope with a big laser attached. And I fire lasers at the plant in a very controlled and expensive way, mm-hmm. um, naturally. And then <laughs> if, um, if my, it's called a transformation, if my transformation has been successful, then I will see where my protein is within all the cells because I'll be able to see where the GFP is. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll fluoresce under this under the laser that I'm shining at yeah. it. Yeah. And I've set my microscope to be like, detect everything in this portion yeah. of the spectra of visible mm-hmm. or non-visible light. And I'll be like, cool, there it is. Um, so that sounds really fun, but that entire process does take about a year. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. And as much as you've made that sound like a whole episode from some amazing film, the the images yeah. are wouldn't be a film if it was an episode. But okay, Sarah, carry on. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but as you said, actually, it's an incredibly slow process. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of bits to it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that like films always get wrong they'll come to a scientist and be like we need you to make this in 10 days here's a million dollars and i'd be like okay i'll take the million but it'll still take a year i just like jeans that have pretty pictures on the bottles mainly (laughs) i kind of get that yeah yeah Yeah. i think it's one of the best ways to choose anything really (laughs) based on the look yeah. yeah and given the fact that we're talking about fantasy literature and media and stuff you know don't judge a book by its cover but I really do do you do you judge books by their cover well I don't judge them but quite often if I don't know what I want to read I will just scan and go I like the look of that um but yeah no my point is you know it's it's not something that is specific to fantasy and it's absolutely not that that's you know my kind of that's where I, I'm really passionate about. You know, I've got every Doctor Who DVD that still exists. You know, I, There's so many in my cupboard right now. <laughs> Can we be best friends, please? Please, please. <laughs> you can go now. We're just going to talk about Doctor Who for a few hours. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, that shared language, that shared experience, that kind of commonality, that relatability and, you know, bonding over passions or hobbies levels the playing field. And yeah, and if you don't um, follow shit events on Facebook already, please go and join the group because it is the best. I'm going to. I, it's brilliant. Sounds really good. It's the, only, it's the only horsey group I would ever join. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can use that as a little quote, you know. For I'm totally going to direct them to the podcast. <laughs> We've done it, horse community. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Listen all the way through, and there will be a. There was some someone put a comment on it and said, "You know what? This group has done more for international relations than the UN has ever done." And yeah. it's just, yeah. you know, that power. And you know, social media can be such a tool for evil, and it really, really yeah. can. It could be just Voldemort in technology form, but mm-hmm. it's also it facilitates things. It helps the introverts get out there virtually and talk to people about their passions, mm-hmm. their experiences. Yeah, you know, it, it's. It's opened up huge amounts, and I think that's that's particularly striking, you know, in in, in the situation we're currently in, where we've basically been stuck yeah. inside and having to move our entire lives sort of mm-hmm. online on Microsoft Teams or Zoom. You know, it's yeah. it's that you know being able to live properly online and using that as a conduit to the outside world. And I think mm-hmm. you know the, the kind of fandom collectives, you know, of any fandom, and you know, particularly fantasy, obviously, because it's the best. Um, being able to strike up those relationships and build those communities through virtual means. I think it's huge and amazing. Okay, on the spot, question for you two. Yes. Yeah. Favourite favorite Doctor Who episode and why? <gasps> oh, such a good question. Okay. Um, okay, so I've got two. So I'm going to start my funny one, then I'm going to hand to you, then okay. I'm going to think about my serious one. Okay. So my favourite for pure... I'm really sad and I need pure escapism and stupidity is dinosaurs on a spaceship because there is nothing more brilliant than the doctor throwing tennis balls for a stegosaurus and Rory's dad. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. I know, I know, but you can't use the same one. 
Okay, so I can't use the same one and I have a brain like a sieve. Mm -hmm. So memory of which Doctor Who series is which is really hard. Mm -hmm. That's fine. We'll help. Um, But favourite, I'm really torn because first the first image that came to mind was David Tennant's and a double-decker bus in the sand. Yeah. Whichever episode, episode is that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good one. And I'm like, yeah, go with that. And then my brain bounces straight away to poor forgotten Amy. And oh, I think Amy, actually the 11th it's hour. waiting. Oh, the girl who waited. Yeah. Is yeah. probably it. Yeah. Oh, no, no, because no. then I've got Amy being led through the forest. With her eyes closed. With her eyes closed. Oh, that was intense. Oh, the weeping angels. Oh. See, okay, I can't so, choose. So here's my dilemma, because I loved Chris Frexton and I wish he'd had more time. I think he was brilliant and sassy, and I think the empty child will haunt me until my dying days. Are you my mummy? Fucking terrifying. Yeah. Right. True. Right. True. I then think Blink was inspired Weeping yeah. Angels, but yeah. has so little of actual David Tennant in, which is also amazing because you're like, how did he do so much with so, so little? Yeah. So that is, but, and as much my brain is thinking I'm the oncoming storm, you know, David Tennant with his floppy hair, amazing. My heart be still. My brain also immediately thinks of Demon's Run where a good man goes to war. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. <gasps> Yeah, because I remember the goosebumps yes. with that music and all the lights going and River Song and you're there going, oh, oh my God, oh my see, God, oh my God. But you see, I haven't watched them quite as often as you. Well, then you know what we need to do, Sarah? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, we Starting keep trying to use one. Rose. We keep trying to use your sister, She's the youngest one, as an excuse. We're like, I think you need to watch <laughs> Doctor Who from the beginning. And she's not that interested. We could just do it. But I think we just have to keep plugging away. Plugging but away. now the question we, has to go back should. to you and with what is your favourite Doctor Who episode? <laughs> Again, I'm kind of torn and it's kind of a cheating answer because one of them is a two-parter. Uh, Good Man Goes to War is up there. It's just, it's it's all of it. It's Matt Smith dressed as a monk. It's River Song. It's, you know, who River Song is. It's Rory the Centurion. It's just, it's just gorgeous. Oh, Rory the Centurion. Love Rory. And then my other one, my slightly cop-out one, is the two-parter of Hellbent and Heaven Sent with Peter Capaldi on the creepy island with the, the shape, the shifting rooms. It says about coastal smells. One of the things about that is uh, the smell of the coast is from a phytoplankton, um, it's, uh, a gas called dimethyl sulfide, and that's the smell. Uh, but I can't smell this in here. But you know, <laughs> oh well, that's that's probably not a bad thing. <laughs> no. a bad thing, because yeah, I never thought that the smell of the coast came from anything apart from the smell sea. of the coast. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. so it's a plankton it's in the sea that has that. Smell. Yeah, so they. They produce this chemical um, called dimethyl sulfonylpropionate. Good name. Um, I'm going to really remember that yeah. one. I'm never going to remember that one. <laughs> never. Particularly. <laughs> so they produce this chemical that keeps them, allows them to live in a saline environment because otherwise they'd pop. 
um, if they lived in, you know, if they had sort of like water inside them, they have to have this, the chemical keeps them so that they can stay alive. But, um, but once it's, um, it's gas it comes out of them as they die, um, it, it's one of the smells of the sea. Um, but it's also really important in climate. So it's these huge, beautiful cycles of things that happen. It goes up into the atmosphere, gets oxidized, it forms little um, aerosol, aerosol, so either water or uh, solids, um, that can help form clouds. So it regulates our climate. So these amazing single cell um, uh, plankton yeah. have, a, have a say in our, our entire climate system. And I think and that's pretty amazing. In how our uh, in Iowa, gin tastes. Absolutely, let's hope. Yeah, that's fine. But you can just call me Nick. Nick. Perfect. <laughs> it's fine. It works. I was there going with Sarah as somebody who often gets their name mispronounced. Just Google if you're not sure. Google and look for the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if... I don't know if anyone shows it. I mean, apparently... Nikhil is like one of the most common Indian names outside of India. Wow. But I've literally like, I have met, in fact, yeah, I've met one Nikhil who is also an acoustician and we worked for the same professor in the department together. That was really no, weird. And a few that weeks is ago, weird. And a few weeks ago, so I'm on, the UK has an institute of acoustics. Um, they're kind of like a, a body that, like a council that represents everyone and everything in acoustics in the UK. Mm. And I'm on their like early career researcher group and their STEM outreach group. And we organize these monthly webinars. And I got Nikhil, this other Nikhil, to give a webinar. So it was really cool when I said, can I be the host for that event? Because I could be like, hi, I'm Nikhil. And I'm going to bring Nikhil on to talk about, he was talking about sound in space. And I was like, we're part of this really exclusive group of Nikhils who work in acoustics. Of which oh there's like only goodness. two of us. There might be others. That'd be really cool. That's so oh, brilliant. Does a nickel echo? And I've spent my entire <laughs> life trying to find somebody outside of Ireland because there are lots of Anya's in Ireland, huge yeah. amounts, but never in the UK. And I found one who was a friend of a friend, and I almost got weird and went to message her and be like, "Oh my god, we had the same name," but I got talked down because <laughs> apparently. That's not done. And the weird, it has been really weird because in the last year, My there have been, been everywhere. two programmes on TV with Anya's in. Really and the no first way. one was really messed up, which was hysterical. And also it's really hard because if your parents are watching a show about a messed up Anya who keeps, you know, having arguments with people, you're there on the sofa trying to read your book and you keep being like, huh? 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 And then you're like, wait, who's having a go at me? What's going on? I find yeah. I found out what it's like to be like a, a Laura. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, John. I think when when you're John, a common yeah. when you're a common name like Sarah, you, you just don't yeah. notice other people called Sarah. Basic bitch. Absolute basic. <laughs> do you just totally. get, was do you ever recall a point in your life where you were like confused by the fact that other people were saying Sarah? Or do you, did you just like you just don't remember that period of your life. Maybe you were too young, and then probably, suddenly, and then you <laughs> probably because to... there were probably about another five in nursery. Yeah. So yeah. you know, yeah. it probably really was really young. And then you have to find different ways. So like, you you would have been Sarah C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas mine is just going down the register, and then it's now how do I? And the whole class would say my name because they all knew it was me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway, we've gone <laughs> off on a tangent. I did write down that. some cool okay, math could... words for you. I don't oh, know yeah. if you're interested in that. We will we'll have we'll have cool mass words and then we'll crown you and then I'm gonna ask you what you're gonna do with the country afterwards. So okay, good, cool, good. cool mass words. Come on then. Just a few of my favourites. I haven't chosen words that are, refer to theorems or anything. There's loads of those or or necessarily words that just sound nice. I've chosen words that refer to specific shapes because I feel like you might be able to use these. Okay, so can we play a game? Mm. So at the beginning <laughs> we started this podcast with swearing. Yes. All right. So I want to give Anya a little game. Me a game? Yeah. Okay. Every word, yeah. I want you to connect it yeah. with something to make it a Swearing. swear word. Oh, good Lord. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, do you also want to guess what it means? Because at least one of these you would have heard. You guess what it means. <laughs> I'll make it sweary. <laughs> I've run out of drink. Yeah. Okay. I've got four for you that I really like. First one is bicuspid. So my brain immediately went to Bridgerton swear words. You know how they're like, you know, throwing gloves at each other and being blasphemous. So my brain's like, I bicuspid you. <laughs> Quite Shakespearean almost. I like it. So bicuspid. Well, it's two. Right. And a cusp. Two. The face cusp. is great. <laughs> Beginning of something. It refers to a shape, a particular shape. A diamond. No, but if you had teeth shaped like diamonds, I'm I would like to see them. (laughs) So teeth. What? Right, but your teeth come in different shapes, right? Yeah. Right. So you have particular teeth that are bicuspid, but not all of them. Not all of them. Bicuspid. The incisors. The front two. No. Oh. Uh, be the molars then. What part? What part know. of what the um, the word the by? What does bi. that do? What does that suggest? Well, that's two, right? Two pointed. Two pointed. Oh, they're your fangs. My your fangs. Bed. So the bits you can feel where there's two points to the tooth. It's kind of a classic tooth shape as well. Like if you oh. think of a tooth, sometimes it looks like that. So bicuspid is is that that shape? Anything? It's not just teeth. It could be anything. So when I write my vampire screenplay yeah i know what i'm using (laughs) you have a bicuspid valve in your heart as well which is shaped like that um (gasps) yes they mentioned that in Grey's anatomy oh did they well it must be true then i feel vindicated (laughs) (laughs) okay bicuspid bicuspid all right okay you ready for this one yeah okay ophidian so spelt with an o ophidian Oh. Ophidian. My brain went Ophidian Ocelot for some reason. That's not even a swear word. I mean, that's it. Could be that's a great oh, Ophidian Ocelot. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> brilliant. Well, there we go. It works Ophidian. as an insult. It works as an insult. Yeah. Again, refers to the shape of something. Because all I can think of is obsidian and ophidian. Have they got anything? You could in similar theory make an ophidian obsidian. If you no, could say it. my brain's out. No, no, and now we're into no. a musical again. No, no, I'll, no. Do, I'll, I'll, I'll gesture it in the air, see if you get it. Oh, it's like a wave, wave shape. Yeah, but specifically that for the root of the word means snake-like. Snake-like, oh, oh. ophidian. Oh. Sorry if I triggered you. Oh. It's okay. okay, snakes just creep me out. Ophidian it's that weird, like, 
So be. an ophidian ocelot would be a, like a snake eel. Snake-like ocelot. <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah, like it's it. It's pretty good, isn't it? Okay, all right, you ready for this one? You might recognise the root of this one as well. Botuliform. Botuliform buttocks. <laughs> nice firm buttocks. <laughs> Botuliform buttocks. That was my Notting Hill for you. Yes. You will find this very funny when you realise what it means. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, so botuliform. So, um, the the bot. do you know what a botulus is? Or um, botulic acid? Or um, I'm kind of, yeah. Right? What's Botox? Botox. Okay. Um, So, Botox is a poison. And that poison comes from a very specific source. Stop me if you've heard this one. No. The sausage. <laughs> so botuliform means sausage shaped. So you've just said I've got sausage shaped buttocks. And honestly, you're not wrong. I mean, you call me sausage. Oh, brilliant. Times. Depends think... what kind of sausages you're thinking. I've got okay. Cumberland buttocks. <laughs> oh, okay. Cumberland buttocks. That's a great nickname, isn't it? Oh, dear. <laughs> I mean, that's a hefty buttock, isn't it? That's that is. a... Oh, well, now you could get down to, you know, doing some maths and we can compare everyone's don't, buttocks don't, to sausages. No. And then we could do a whole graph. Oh yeah. Okay, come on then. So my last one also means sausage-shaped, but it's a bit nicer. So lots of these come from both Greek and Latin roots, so you get two words meaning pretty much the same thing. So we've got botuliform, which is... I don't know how, how nice a word that is, but instead of sausage-shaped, it's all right. But then the other one that means sausage-shaped is allantoid which I do quite oh, like. Alan Toyd. Your buttocks are rather Alan Toyd this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's brilliant. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, maths is full of them. Absolutely full of them. But I do, I, I love, I love words. I mean, I, I absolutely love words and maths words. You've got me already. Just my, one of my favourite things ever. That is excellent. If you enjoyed this episode, listen to more. We've got tons. Got loads. And if you like them, really, really like them, you could always leave us a review because apparently they're quite helpful. You can also subscribe. You can. And then you don't even need to go and find us. We just appear. Every single week. Yeah. We are on Twitter at... Topic Gin. And on Instagram... Topic Gin. Yay! (laughs) 